Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. That's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday was Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day, and we went through the final episode of Kingdom Business Season 2 Episode 8, A Song of Joy. And, ooh, it was a power-packed episode. So let me see if I could just run down a few things. So, you know, for those of you who did not get a chance to really see it. So we had, you know, the opening with Danita actually singing in the beginning while she was playing her piano. So indicating that her voice is back, and she ended up having a conversation with our deacon, we call Deacon Kirk, but, you know, Deacon Dwayne, Deacon Kirk, and, you know, asking him the same old questions over and over again. What am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yo, tell the truth. Clear the air. Well, she did end up calling Caesar and letting him know that he did have a son, And she had met him, and she wanted him to meet the son as well. And she invited him to the wedding of Taj and Essence. Then you had where, you know, um, what's his name? X kidnapped the detective, the female detective, I don't remember her name, and Rebel, and shot and killed the detective, but yet left Rebel alive and threatened her and told her she needed to leave, flee, go, go to another place to live that he didn't want to see her anymore, just to spare her life. And then you went on to, you know, Taj getting ready for his wedding and his uh, delivery, the delivery of his wedding present to Essence, which was the weirdest present I've ever seen. It was an enlarged 
um, picture of the sonogram that came directly from her doctor, and it included all of the writing, you know, all the printout at the top that gave, like, the vital information. And, you know, in his preparation, something didn't look right to him. Well, he goes to Essence, who's getting ready for the nuptials, and he questions as to whether the baby is his because... 20 weeks is up in the corner of the sonogram picture, the printout. And it had not been 20 weeks that they had gotten together. And she could not be 20 weeks pregnant with his baby. So he beats it out of her, you know, with words. Um, Presses her and she admits that it was not his child. She begs him to accept the responsibility and assume the role as dad. No one has to know but them. And he says, but I'll know. And it was wonderful to see that uh, hmm, he decided not to marry her. Yes, so there were no nuptials. But at the same time that all of that was going on, you had Mama Janita and Mama Grandmama Darlene Loretta Devine, who has killed this role this season. Uh, they're duking it out in the song. This will be by Natalie Cole as a taste for what they're going to get you know, the guests are going to get during the, what do you call that, reception. So they are battling it out vocally. And finally, Taj comes down to tell everyone that there will be no wedding today. But in the background, you have Miss Essence, who has decided to jump on the social media plane and declare that she found out that her fiance was having an affair with a stripper and that's why there would be no wedding and that the universe was not going to allow her to do this and that, feel this and that, see this and that. Well, while Taj was announcing this whole, uh, we're not going to have no wedding today, and you know, but enjoy the reception because I understand that everything has been prepared very nicely. Dad, Bishop Jordan, goes in his cell phone and he types now and hits send. And shortly thereafter, the whole... DEA, not DEA, because they're the ones who do drugs, but this whole police force comes in and they begin to arrest people. And I didn't tell you one thing, but I'm going to tell it to you now. As they're rounding up the chief, guess who walks through the door? Well, the detective who ex-shot, she was wearing a bulletproof vest. So she was not dead as they thought. So they arrested the police chief and, you know, quite a few of the other attendees. And they arrest Grandmama Darlene. Yes, Darlene is responsible 
for Raven. That's Rebel's mama's death. She's responsible for Danny's death. Yeah. And she's responsible for that other guy who they put all of this on and killed him off. Well, earlier in the episode, after all of the shooting took place with the detective and all of that kind of stuff, the chief makes a phone call to let someone know that the deed's been done. And lo and behold, they've put the camera on Mrs. Darlene. Yes. So she's been the mastermind and the one who's been calling the shots all this time. So, you know, during their their wait for the nuptials to begin, the uh, son shows up of Danita and Caesar, and Caesar gets an opportunity to meet his son. They have a chat, and the finale. The cliffhanger of season two, they actually show. Now, the son is from African descent. You know, he was raised in Africa and all of that kind of good stuff. And uh, he's been raised abroad, so I guess, you know, you'd really have to do some digging to find out anything about him. Well, they show him sitting in the car, laughing. Telling somebody that is on and popping in his English hood voice and dialect. Yeah, so he's not from Africa. He is clearly not the son of Danita and Caesar. And that's how they left us. Because they had pretty much wrapped up every every storyline. And uh, they didn't leave us with anything. So that was the cliffhanger to this season. So I'm really interested as to how they come back. You know, it has to be more. Well, also, by the way, that that whole battle in court between Caesar and Danita, up she lost. So Caesar is now in charge of the kingdom business. Yeah. So I guess that's two of the things that they could actually go back into a third season if they get renewed, you know, but I have to say this was much better in my opinion than season one, not in interest, but just like certain things, you know, that's just my opinion. So here's what we're going to do. They have a soundtrack for season one and season two, but we're going to listen to season two. So Season 2 soundtrack So I'm asking you Let's weigh in on What songs are the best What Why you like these songs If you like these songs If you didn't like a song I want to hear that too So take this whole week And listen to season 2's soundtrack Of Kingdom Business If you have Apple Music You can get it on Apple Music Because I've pulled it up on Apple Music If uh, You know or you want to go the YouTube way, it should be out on YouTube. I have not tried it yet, but it's, everything is on YouTube. Try it on YouTube. So, you know, I want you to send me, you know how to reach me. Send me, um, you know, what you think of the soundtrack, the tracks you like, the tracks you love, the tracks you just really didn't like. Yeah, because yeah. they've got maybe about mm, 
10. That's about 10 songs on there. And we've heard really 95% of the soundtrack in the season. Yes, they have, you know, sung these songs. All right? All right. Well, that's how we spent our yesterday. Today is Wow Wednesday, y'all. Yes, we have made it to the middle of the week. And I am grateful to God that we have, and he has definitely blessed us. So we're going to get this morning started. We're going to send you to go get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. January is National Stalking Awareness Month. Did you know nearly 1 in 6 women and 1 in 17 men have experienced stalking at some point in their lifetime? Stalking is defined as engaging in a course of conduct directed at a specific person that will cause a reasonable person to feel fear for their own safety or cause them to suffer substantial emotional distress. Stalking victims often feel scared, angry, annoyed, isolated, and are confused. The majority of stalking victims are stalked by someone they know. Many victims are stalked by a current or former intimate partner or by an acquaintance. Stalking can include electronic forms of communication, including texting or social media. Stalking in any form is not okay. It is a crime in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and U.S. territories. If you feel you may be a victim of stalking, have questions, or need to make a report, contact FSCJ Security or the Title IX office. If you are in imminent danger, call 911 or the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. He's ushered us into this portion of the week. We are safe and sound. And while others are trying to figure out how they're going to get through, you know, we've already received our escape. God is good. All right. Well, it's Wild Wednesday, and we always start our Wild Wednesday with our girl Vivian. So let's see. What Vivian's got for us today, let's say good morning to our girl Viv. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Stuff? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. All right, you know my question, girl. What you got for us today? 
Okay, today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with some news about Pastor Stephanie's favorite thing, and that is water. (laughs) Reports say (laughs) researchers have discovered that bottled water sold in stores can contain 10 to 100 times more bits of plastic than previously estimated. They're saying that they are one hundredth the average width of a human size hair. They are called nanoplastics. They are so tiny they can migrate through the tissue of the digestive tract or lungs in the bloodstream and they will distribute potentially harmful synthetic chemicals throughout the body and into these cells. Experts say one liter of water, which is equivalent to two standard size bottled waters, contained an average of 24,000 plastic particles from seven types of plastics, of which 90% were identified as nanoplastics and the rest were microplastics. So the difference between the nano and the micro is just the size. Researchers are saying that nanoplastics are the most worrisome type of plastic pollutions for human health. That's because the minuscule particles can travel into the bloodstream and, again, it will cause some damage to our body, potentially interrupting cellular process and deposit chemicals as well as heavy metals into the bloodstream. The plastic in the in human bodies can cause inflammation. It can mess with or mess up your metabolism and have several other negative health outcomes, including cancer, cardiovascular diseases, inflammatory bowel disease, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic inflammation, and other autoimmune conditions, and stroke. And all I can say is you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because I'm pretty sure tap water, regardless of if it's filtered or not, cannot be any better than store-bought bottled water. So what a world we live in. Next, we have a warning for all those who want to skip out on their civic duties. New York is cracking down on jury duty invaders. They are reminding you that since jury duty is mandatory, those who avoid their civic duty can face civil or criminal penalties, according to the NewYorkJuror.gov. The first time you ignore a jury summons, a new date will be automatically assigned for you to appear. If jurors don't show up a second time, they could potentially get a $250 fine for non-compliance and likely be held in contempt of court, which is a Class A misdemeanor and carries potentially a one-year sentence in prison. They say jurors are selected from a list of registered voters 
DMV license holders, volunteers, and those who file income taxes or receive unemployment. So there's really no way to get out of it. They're going to call your name eventually. So the next time you get that jury duty notice, you may not want to ignore it. Next, we are out in Virginia with a quick story as Virginia is saying that they have officially seen their first overdose for the new calendar year. And unfortunately, it involved a high school student. They say on January 5th, this incident happened at Parkview High School. Thankfully, it was non-fatal thanks to the intervention of a sheriff's deputy. They say this is just a continuation to the rising number of overdoses in the county. Last year, they're saying the sheriff's office said 17 non-fatal, non-fatal overdoses and two fatal overdoses were reported in the county and involved fentanyl consumed in one form or another and that half of those cases alone were juveniles from this very high school. They're having some issues out there in this particular high school with the students, and they have seen their first overdose of the year, and it being involving a high school student. Next, we have a three-way tie for our wow story of the week. And we're starting off with man's best friend. A couple out in Pittsburgh says their seven-year-old pooch, Cecilia, or whatever, whatever the name is, that the dog ate $4,000 in cash, $4,000 in cash off their kitchen counter. They said this was an unusual behavior for him, but they say the golden doodle ate the cash sitting on the counter after it was withdrawn from the bank and it only took him about 30 minutes to do so. They called the vet and were told as long as the pooch was eating and acting normally, there was no need to visit the vet. But the most wowiest part of the story, in my opinion, is that the couple says for the next three days or so after the dog ate the money, They followed the dog around, collecting every piece back that they could from the dog's stool and vomit. They say as it came up and came out, they would collect the pieces, wash them off, and tape them back together. And that the bank was actually willing to work with them and replace all the bills that they could gather that had serial numbers on them. So thanks to this willingness of the bank, they were able to have $3,550 replaced of the money that this dog ate. Next, we have a nightmare wedding hitting the headlines as reports say a groom is responsible for killing four people, including the bride, during the wedding reception. Reports say that a 29-year-old man killed his 44-year-old bride after they were married in Thailand. They say that the groom abruptly left the wedding party, <clears throat> excuse me, 
returned with a gun and shot his wife, her 62-year-old mother, and her 38-year-old sister. Two other guests were struck by stray bullets, and one of those individuals later died. Guests claimed the groom was heavily intoxicated when the couple had an argument during the party. They alleged that he felt insecure about the age gap between himself and his bride. Excuse me. Authorities say that these claims were purely speculation and said that more evidence needs to be collected and they are expecting to close this case very soon. So the groom is a Paralympic athlete and a former soldier. He lost his right leg while serving in the Army and was a silver medalist in the Paralympics back in 2022. So he is not talking about what his true motives were. But, of course, he is now, you know, in prison and facing life for killing these four people at his wedding reception. Lastly, we have a listener-submitted story. So there was a pastor who took extreme measures for his wife's honor. Pastor Dwayne Waden, 57, was arrested on December 28th and now faces a misdemeanor charge of assault and battery. Waden, who works as a semi-truck driver and a pastor for Elevated Life International Ministries, according to his Facebook page, allegedly arrived at the McDonald's to assist his wife, according to police records. His wife, Latoya Gladney, was reportedly working as a manager in training at the local franchise. Police records claim that Gladney, 44, called her husband to help her due to, quote, employees disrespecting her, end quote. So when he got there, Wayden allegedly immediately attacked one of the cooks, police have said, that the pastor walked around the counter, put his hands around the neck of a 34-year-old cook, and began to push his head towards the deep fryer. Wayden has also been accused of punching the cook. He allegedly did not stop attacking the man until several other employees worked together to pull him off the cook and restrain him until police got there. Waden is scheduled to appear in court for trial on January 22nd, and his bail bond has been set at only $1,000. Wow. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Ooh-wee. All right, Vivian. Girl, you got some stories for us. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you. All right, it's time to get to talking. We have our three-man team today. 
Vivian, Shantice, and myself. So I am definitely looking forward to um, this this convers- these conversations. I just want to let you know our Lady Tamika is doing well, just not available, and our Elder Natisha has safely touched the ground of United States from her trip to Africa. She is not home yet. She's out on ministerial stuff, and I was able to join her for her prayer this morning, and she sounds great, and um, just giving God thanks that we can uh, we can say that everyone is doing well. Mm. All righty. So. What are we talking about here today? How are we getting started? Well, let's say good morning to our girl, Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm okay, thanks. I'm okay. So this this issue with this water, this bottled water containing all of these particles, these nanoplastics and these microplastics and all of this kind of stuff. You know, I I actually sat down and I read this, I mean, when I tell you it was a long article about this water business. Um, And they didn't even, you know, give you like any resolve or whatever. They didn't wrap it up at all. But this is what we're faced Mm -hmm. with now that you can now end up with some levels of inflammation, uh, metabolism issues, possibly cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, some other autoimmune conditions, rheumatoid arthritis, possibly a stroke, all from drinking bottled water. What say you? Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. You're breaking up badly. No, no. Reposition yourself, please. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay. I just got in the moment drinking water a little more consistently, and now to hear that you can get all kind of illnesses and sick from drinking bottled water. No one is drinking anything outside of bottled water. It's not like we have another option, <laughs> you know, because like um, Vivian said, you know, tap water is out the question. Even with a filter, you know, everyone is gravitating to bottled water. Now bottled water causes all these problems possibly. It's just like, what and as she was talking, all I could think about was, you know, that our food would be getting messed with. Our food would be getting messed with, and it's like every time you turn around, there is another recall for something. Even down to the things that we need to be consumed. What is the best thing to drink? And now, what do you do? You sit here and. Go back to soda. Go back. So either way, you're killing yourself. <laughs> mm. This is a mess. A big one, Vivian. You know, as you 
are, re, you know, giving us all of this information. What goes through your head as far as consuming this water? Well, that was the first thing that I thought about as well, is that you give out all this information but no alternatives. They ain't in the article and say, you know, mm-hmm. do this or do that. They just left us yep. <laughs> with all this information and nothing to do about it. So I'll I, I be damned if I drink tap water. Even if it's filtered, I can't. I can't drink tap water. I cannot drink any type of tap water, even with a filter on there. So I guess I'll just be getting sick because I'm not going. The, I'm not going the opposite direction. The only thing I can <laughs> think of is maybe if they sell some glass water bottle in the store, but that's more expensive. So I don't know. What are we to do besides pray over our bottles of water and our food? And and that's exactly where I go. You know, for all of you who know me, you know, I am a water drinker. I think I may drink something sweet maybe once a week, no more than about twice a week. You know, water is is definitely my go-to. I just was never a big sweet person. So when I started hearing initially about this water problem, I was like, oh, Lord. And, of course, you know, when you're drinking the 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 water on the lower end, you know, the cheaper water, in other words, you know, and, and I have to tell you, I'm in love with Great Value Water, which is a brand by Walmart. Um, it has the best taste, in my opinion. Um, and I, I, when I read this, and I mean, it, this article that I read was long, and I only read it because my thought was, okay, by the time I get to the bottom, they would have offered some type of alternative. They did not do that, like Vivian said, in I don't know what article she read, but in my article, they did not do that at all. Um, they mentioned, I, I read some comments by some other readers, and they mentioned something about reverse osmosis, which I didn't get a chance to really find out what that was. I've heard of it before, but I I do know that one of the waters that I do drink does have reverse osmosis on the bottle, so I don't know. But, you know, tap water is, like the ladies have said, is is long gone bye-bye. And I want you to also remember that last week in California, I, I spoke to you about, you know, the article that mentioned that they were going to now use sewer water and do all of this processing oh. with the water and you know, it would be used for drinking water in California. So I'm like, well, you know, really our options are just like none. So I'm with Vivian. You know, I guess, you know, my my thought was, you know what, Lord, I guess I'm going to have to do a little more praying because I do have diabetes. I do have rheumatoid arthritis. I do have fibromyalgia. I don't know if it's from the water, but you're going to have to cover our bodies and because Mm-hmm. This life is is nothing. It, it really is nothing. It is nothing without God. As, as Shanti said, we have recalls every five seconds. There's a recall. So, on your food, and this, this water is mandated. You know, for your body, it, it's not mm-hmm. an option. It's nothing else we can do but stand mm-hmm. still. And you know what? If 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 God is going to cover us, then we're going to have to trust God to cover us. I cannot be running over in the corner. I just can't live like that. So I just have to really trust God 
and just know that, you know what, Lord, you know how to purify your water for my body. That's all I can say. So uh, uh, that that's where mm-hmm. my head goes. All righty. This is something that was very interesting to me, um, and I'll I'll say why when it's my turn. New York is cracking down on jury duty invaders. Oh, okay, so they really trying to smash you now with a $250 fine for noncompliance, possibly prison. We all know that they get their um, their names from DMV, the taxes, unemployment. They figure you ain't got a job, you come sit up on, sit up on the jury duty um, uh, box. Um, and, you know, hey, Vivian, have you been on jury duty? Have you served on jury duty? Uh, yes and no. I've gotten called quite a few times. Um, once I actually had to like go in and I don't remember what I told them. Oh, it was, I'm assuming the case was about a police officer and he asked me if I had issues with police. And I was like, yes, because of this, that, and the third. And they were like, all right, you're excused. But any other time that I've been called, they kept rescheduling me to the point that they were like, all right, we're just going to just give you basically the credit for your jury duty and, you know, you're dismissed. So I haven't actually had to sit in a court case as of yet, but I've been called a lot. Okay, okay. Shantice, have you been on jury duty? Nope. <laughs> have they called notice, you? Um, I've gotten a notice. I've gotten the letter of a few times years ago and just like, uh, because I know that they were, you know, if because of your, your faith, um, you would have to, you know, write them and tell them to my faith, I will not, you know, be participating and so on and so forth. I think I wrote back once, I think, maybe I dreamt it because I don't remember going to no mailbox. Um, but I remember writing something and, but, I haven't received a, a letter in years. So to hear, to hear this, it was just like, why are they going so hard about getting people who hear this? Okay. Um. <laughs> well, you know, I, I used to get them all the time um, and double because, again, DMV, um, my DMV, my license was registered for the Bronx. But yeah, oh yeah, and voter registration—they get your name from, and so they would call me for the Bronx because they would pull up my name for DMV, and then they would call me out here in Queens because I was registered to vote, and I was voting out here in Queens. So I was getting—they were coming like crazy in the mail. I never went um, later in years. I did serve one time years and years and years ago. Um, I did go one time, but after that, I never answered another one, no matter how many times I received it. I, at one point, I haven't had to provide any letters, but as the pastor, we would provide, we have provided letters saying that, you know, it's against your faith to actually um, to serve on jury duty. And at one point, mm-hmm they wouldn't bother you at all after that. Then at another time, someone took a letter in and they made them, they had to go through that first process, but they would—they didn't pass that second process. 
So I don't know what they're doing now with this here. I know someone recently, since we've been on in the last three years, someone from It's Due Time told me that they had to serve, and I did mention to them about the letter, and they opted not to take the letter. That you know, they they said they weren't bothering um, to do that, and I don't think they ended up serving. But for those of you who don't know, if you are, um, they will dismiss certain seniors from serving in a jury duty if you receive disability. Yay! So I got out um, of that, um, and a few people I know who are disabled, they they do not mandate that you serve. They figure that, you know, so you sitting there going through all of that is a little too much for you. Um, but I would say just go the route. If if it's your faith, don't be going up in there lying, but if it's your faith and you, you know, don't want to, you know, serve, you don't feel comfortable, because I have to be honest, personally, I don't feel comfortable serving. I wasn't there. People lie. And with all the mistakes that have been made over the years, I don't want to be a part of that. you got enough sinful people out here willing to do it. Let them do it. That, that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, say, like Vivian, you know, I know other people have said, you know, hey, I've got a problem with so-and-so. And they're like, okay, she's dismissed, he's dismissed. They get rid of you real quick. So, like I said, don't lie, but you know, trust God. And, you know, he's not going to have you do something that he does not want you doing. So that's mm-hmm. my advice to all of you. It has worked before, and it doesn't mean it won't work for you. I'm just of this mindset that God is going to cover me. I, I'm, I'm just crazy like that, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, I, I, I ain't worried. I ain't worried. I ain't worried. I, I am cautious. I am obedient, but I don't really stress stuff like that. I just don't. So you know, do what you do. Make sure you strengthen your relationship with the Lord. And you don't know what kind of things the Lord will dismiss you from. Okay? Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this, um, you know, this this overdose. I think I remember Vivian bringing this overdose issue at this Virginia school last year. They had a problem at this school. I remember the story. And they're still having problems. Even now we're at the 10th of the month. Today's only the 10th. And they are still going through this issue of in this school with the fentanyl. Now, we don't know if they're having it, they're getting it from people in the school or not. But what do you think they can possibly do, Shantice, that will help to diminish um, this problem in in uh, in the high school out there? Well, they can definitely crack down on searching the students when they come in. I know that's something that a lot of students or parents will want to see, but listen, either that or you find a kid dead in the hallway. Because um, a lot of this stuff is snuck in, you know, making sure that the other doors are secure, you know, so they're only entering and exiting from the front, and it's always security, you know, at the front of the school, whether you have um, metal detectors. But, you know, also, I think a lot of it, and, you, you know, you're still going to get kids that are going to try things and just be, you know, just out there. Um, but definitely... You know, implementing different things in the school that bring awareness to the stuff, you know, and that really gives them the the reality of what happens when you deal with this, you know, something that 
happens, whether it's once every two weeks, once a month, you know, if they were to, I don't know why they don't have certain workshops, seminars where you have um, former drug addicts or former alcoholics or, you know, people who really mess their lives up and they're really on track now and they, you know, part of them staying on the right track is now paying it forward and knowing that they're helping someone else. And I'm pretty sure you have a lot of people who used to live that life who would be willing to go to these schools and really do a little more than just talking, but even sometimes, you know what, so just just get creative and really explain to them the dangers in messing with this stuff because it's just like, oh, this child died. Wow, that's so sad. And then now it's just back to the regular curriculum until the next kid. And so it's, and it's like, okay, but what are we going to do to really help prevent the next student from trying this. Mm, okay, okay. Some food for thought. Vivian, what say you? How do you how do you get these kids from from using drugs? Honestly, I'm not sure because <clears throat> excuse me, because they talked about how out of all the cases they had in that county Half of them were in that particular school alone, and two of them were fatal. So there's no way you're going to this school and you don't hear, you don't see, you don't know nothing about your peer who just died from this very thing. And y'all are still in the new calendar year and still having students overdose. Possibly, you know, he could have died if it weren't for the sheriff's deputy. And I'm sure they're talking about it. You know, there there's so many things out already that I'm sure these children have access to. And yet, and still, they're still they're still like dumb enough to 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 try this stuff. So I'm not really sure what they can do. They've talked about moving to school because possibly it's the area that they're living in. But if you move to school but they live there, like that's not really solving anything. So I don't know. I'm really not sure. I mean, outside of just, you know, checking bags and maybe going to the extreme and making sure nobody's bringing anything into the school so at least it's not happening on school grounds, there's nothing really you can do. If somebody has their mind made up that this is something that they want that they want to do, then unfortunately they're going to do it. You know, Vivian, I, I have to say I am in complete agreement with you um, in, in regards to if y'all go to this school, I thought the same thing as Shantice was talking. I'm like when she was saying, you know, bring somebody in, which makes sense, you know, bring someone in who who's lived this life and, you know, can tell them what they went through. What more could you possibly hear from someone else? And you know these kids that go to your school. If you don't know the children who went to the school, you at least know all the children that went to the school. And it was an epic fail for them. And down to the fact that two of them have literally lost their life. So it's like, okay, well, what do you need in order for you to get the message? So, you know, unfortunately, drugs are not metal. You know what I'm saying? So you, to have a mag, you know, at the school is one thing. The other thing is, I, I go with Shantice, the only thing you can do is just keep this in front of them. It's almost like the word of God. 
you know, you come into school. This now becomes a part of the curriculum. It's not an every once in a while thing. It is not whether you want to take it or not. Eventually, hopefully, it'll sink in. You know what I'm saying? It because that's really your only recourse is to continue to make this personal. You know, Mary just overdosed. You didn't think it. Mary didn't think it could be her either, but it is her. So now Mary has to. You know, now this is what Mary's going through. And not only that, I think they need to come up with something very stringent for those who have used drugs and have overdosed. They need to come up with something because now if you think of what you may have to do after you, you know, you've gone through overdosing and all of this kind of stuff, but yet this journey is still not over, they're mandating that you do X, Y, and Z, or you'll serve some time, or the parents will have to pay a fine. I think you have to pad this thing here. I, I don't think, just like, she, you know, Vivian said, you just can't just keep preaching to the choir, because if you have your mind made up, your mind is made up. You ain't trying to stop if you don't want to stop. But I think if you add all of these things, if you make this a mandate of, school, of the educational um, curriculum. If you are found to have been using drugs, this you have to go through this, 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 and this, or either there will be a penalty. And it's it's bad that you got to penalize someone to keep them safe or keep them alive. But whatever it is you have to do is whatever you, you it is you have to do. They are minors, and you know what? There's always something at you know some silver lining. Somebody learns. Somebody wakes up. Somebody decides, you know what, it just ain't worth it. Um, and, and, and and that's it. Because I don't I really don't I can't think of anything else either. But I think if we become creative and we we really put the vice on all these lives and I think eventually it'll hit home. And if you have to hit them you know, hit one by one then oh well, so be it. Alrighty, one of the three top stories today. Wow, stories. The couple in Pittsburgh whose dog ate $4,000 in cash off the kitchen counter right after they had withdrawn the money from the bank. They then followed him around for the next three days, collecting the money from the stool, the vomit, washed it, taped it back together, took it to the bank, and they were able to retrieve over $3,000 of this $4,000. Was it worth it, Vivian? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I have to say, uh, I don't think my dog would have made it the three days after he had $4,000 off my kitchen counter. <laughs> he, she, she wouldn't have made it for me to collect the money out of her stool or vomit. But absolutely, if I had to clean it off and I got majority of my money back, then it was worth it. It was worth it. Okay, okay. Shanties. Was it worth it? They lost 4000 but was re- was able to retrieve a little over 3000 Oh, that's a mean needing some money. <laughs> uh, I think I'd have been... I probably would have been broke for life because I ain't picking up nothing from no stool. No, because when Vivian said they took him to the vet, I was like, oh, they took him to the vet. 
so that the vet could get the money out the dog. But I'm like, wait, was there a concern for the dog? I'm confused. Is it, at this point, you're dead. And now I'm dead because now I'm just out of $4,000 because I cannot see myself. I can see if my husband wants to be like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to put on these gloves, and whenever we walk the dog or whatever, the dog walking around the house, I be mean, just looked at him like, well, that is a dream deferred. I don't know what you're going to do, but I am not doing that. I am not. There's no way that you you put this money on. And I, I'm I'm not a dog person. But I haven't heard of a dog not being in the habit at all of chewing on stuff. But you put money on the counter and this dog just chooses to choose this money. So if this dog has a habit, whether it's consistently or off and on of chewing stuff, there is no way. We had a cat that used to act like a dog. I'm not putting $5 down. If the $5 was next to a piece of chicken, sprinkled, sniffed, and smelled that chicken from fall. No, I'm not leaving that money. I, we would have been out of money. I cannot see myself pick and vomit. Oh, no. Who would have cleaned it after me after I vomit? <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, I was I was trying to figure out what I would do, and I, I have to tell y'all, I'm uh, I, 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 I'm wondering now. I'm, I'm and and people who know me well know I'm not a money person. I'm really not a money person, and I I would be. It wouldn't be far-fetched for me to go, okay, you know what? We just lost that $4,000. God will give it back. <laughs> Anybody that knows me that would know that it would not be too far-fetched. However, it could, I mean, even in my diet straits or, or in my, you know, I've learned to be, you know, I, I know what it is to have and I know what it is not to have. Would I be okay with losing this $4,000? Um, and I'm on the fence, ladies. I have to tell you, I, I, I can't honestly say this would be one time where I would bite the bullet and go, okay, Lord, this on you. Um, you know how much we needed that money, and I cannot do this. But I cannot say that I, 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 it, it, it turns my stomach um, to think about either one. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know, uh, and I guess maybe I won't really make that decision until maybe what I would do is I would collect until I couldn't anymore. Maybe, maybe that's what I would do. You know, if if I ended up getting twenty dollars back and I could not do it anymore, then oh well, just twenty. Um, we okay, we were able to recoup twenty out of four thousand. Then we just gonna have to live with it. But I, I would think that maybe that would be the route I would go. I would just do it maybe as long as I could. Um, stand it, but I ain't mad at nobody who would, because I get it. I I definitely get it. And then for me to say that I, there's a there's a thought that I possibly would, that lets you know that I get it. Because like I said, I've lost money, and I just walk around like, oh well, it'll come up, it'll turn up. If not, God, you gonna do something about it. And that's just just been my thing. 
But that's a lot of money. That's that's a lot of money. Um, they said 30 minutes from the time that they had brought it home. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It wouldn't have been no more dog. He would have been given up. She would have been given up. And I know people say that's a bit extreme. Well, but so we won't have dog. that happen again. And I'm not going to be hold, put my money up because you can't. I don't feed you money normally. No, you didn't lost your mind. So bye. You have to go. <laughs> you have to go. Oh. All right. Now, I heard this story, um, this groom, and I had this story, um, and I opted not to do it. The groom who killed the four people, including the bride, out in Thailand. I did not realize that he was a Paralympic athlete, a former soldier. Um, I didn't catch that part of the story, at least not my article. Um and to say that he was intoxicated, you know, they're not buying that alone. They said that, you know, he has not revealed the true motive. But can you imagine you getting married and now him saying, oh, well, I have a problem with the age difference. Uh, oh. Shanti's, what's your thought? I believe he's been abusing this woman all along even if it was only verbally, emotionally, mentally. Um, he, there's been some form of abuse. Most of, he lost a lot Most of these people who come back from serving the country now have PTSD. They're all out of sorts. Um, now you can't do what you used to do something that you were really, really good at and that you were known for. And there's no way. Listen, alcohol affects there's different people differently. Okay, it is a, a real stretch for me to never have any type of beef with you. I get drunk, and I'm going to pull a gun out on you and kill you. We ain't never argued before. I'm not known to cut you out. I'm not known to take the abuse, so I'm not the victim. But I'm going to just get drunk at my wedding and pull a gun out and shoot you. No, he's been abusing this woman all the time, and he just got fed up at the reception. So whatever was said, that was sort of broke the camera's back, and they, they didn't know it, and they're the ones who got it. Vivian, what's your thought on this crazy event at the wedding? I'm saying the same thing as Chelsea. There's no way that there was never a sign that this man was capable of something like this. How you get to the wedding, y'all been had this age. He ain't never say nothing about it to the day he pulled out a gun and shot y'all. Like, ain't no way. Ain't no way. So somebody just overlooked some red flag to their detriment. Because there's no way, especially mm-hmm. being a soldier. Like Sunday says, especially being a soldier. Unfortunately, people come back from serving, they got some real PTSD. They got some real issues, some real anger issues. And there's no way y'all missed this to the point that he killed four people. Absolutely, ladies. Absolutely. And that that was my thought when I read the article myself. I was like, well, where where were all the signs? What what did you do with all the signs? Um, 
there, there's, there, you're not just going to wake up one day like this. This, this was, he pushed you around mm-hmm. or yelled at you or mentioned this issue that he had about the age before. And, you know, ladies, we can't overlook this stuff. We cannot. It is, as Vivian said, to our detriment that we are now, you know, burying for people. You know, so it's a really sad situation. Um, but we got to make sure we pay attention to all the signs. All righty. Our last wow story about the pastor who goes to protect his wife's honor. And she's got issues with being respected or disrespected, whichever way you want to put it, at her job at McDonald's, where she serves as a manager. And she calls her husband, you know, I'm being disrespected. And he comes, he puts the hands around, you know, one of the people's necks, puts his head toward the deep fryer. So now he's only at a $1,000 bail. Wow. Vivian, what are we talking about here? That, that is crazy. And then for you to be a pastor on top of it, mm-hmm. and there were no words spoken according to the, to the other employees. He walked in the door knowing mm-hmm. exactly what he was going to do. There were no words spoken. Like, oh, let's try to figure this out. Like, why are you not respecting her? What's going on? Let's talk about this. Let's pray about this, seeing that he's a pastor. There were not, no words. <laughs> Walked the door on site. He knew exactly what he went in there to do. Now you in jail. Now you in jail, yeah. facing prison time. And they still ain't going to respect her. And she possibly out of a job. Like, you just mm-hmm. messed up everything. You just messed up everything because you came in there hot. That was dumb. Wow, wow, wow. Chartiz. Hmm. Here's what I think happened. I think he's been getting teased and picked on all the while, right? And now you get promoted. So now I'm smelling yourself. So now it's like, oh, well, when I was on letters and on fries, <laughs> you talked about me. But oh, now I'm going to be the one who's able to help you clock in. You're not finna talk about me no more. So now I'm going to call my husband up here to show you. And it, 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 it's stupid on so many levels because if you got to call somebody else, so far you get peace, okay? So now you call your husband up there. <laughs> you're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, Shanti. We can hardly hear you. You're Hello? breaking up. Can you, can you're you hear? Up. Can you hear me? Yes. Mhm. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Now all you do now is up here and make matters worse, but now. You're out of the job, I'm pretty sure. Ain't nobody going to history today. Now, what, what is going to happen with lives now? Because now he's going to forever be known as the pastor who tried to drown someone in progress. Over what? <laughs> Over what? If you can handle someone as a manager, as a manager, you, especially when you get promoted within, 
Like who promoted? They didn't. They didn't tell like they couldn't tell like you have to do that. If you weren't able to deal with the employees. Like this is how you deal with insubordination. You call somebody on the outside to come in. Like no one sensed this because I'm pretty sure, like the other story, there was something that showed that you would be this irrational. But nobody mm-hmm. pays attention to anything. So now mm-hmm. we're here. Mm-mm-mm. That's where my mind went first. My mind went just like this guy in, in Thailand. You know, she knew exactly who she was calling. And we've spoken about this before when these people make these phone calls. She knew that her husband was a hothead, pastor or not. Mm-hmm. And she knew mm-hmm. what he was capable of doing when she made that phone call because just a simple level of disrespect, what kind of disrespect are you experiencing that you really got to make a phone call? You're a manager. Write them up. Fire them. If you don't have the ability to fire them, write them up. And, you know, I guess with the climate these days of people coming back and and, and uh, threatening you or possibly killing you, I guess she figured, you know, if I bring my husband up in here, you know, his 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 actions speaks louder than words. Well, like you ladies have said, you know, now you've messed up. You, what kind of what kind of uh, congregation is following you when you can't even hold your hold your head and. And uh, you now make a mess of this whole thing. You make a mess of your job, like like has been said. You make a mess because let me tell you something. This stuff follows you. So how you you gonna be on fries and lettuce forever? Because nobody's gonna ever uh, give you an increase on a job knowing that this was your history. Because this 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 goes around. This goes around, and that was just dumb. That was just dumb. As a pastor, it was just reckless, and you must not be looking to um, shine a, a, a show a good light, show your good yourself in a good light for your congregation, because you know, like I know, everybody named Mama knew about this story once it happened. So, oh well, you know, it's it's crazy. It's completely crazy. Well, ladies, thank you so much for indulging me in our, uh, what do you call it, our uh, news, our socially conscious news. And I do have a topic today. So I found this topic, which was really interesting. And then Shanti sent me a picture that someone sent her. And it was a picture of a bridal shower cake. And y'all ain't ready for this because I sure wasn't. And it's just taking everything to keep me from posting this so you can understand what I'm talking about. But just envision it. It is a very graphic cake of a baby being born. And the being born is the head is coming out of the vagina. And it has the head, the baby's head sticking out, cradled <laughs> in the vaginal wall. It's got the, the vagina opening it, it, or opened to let this baby out. It's got the surrounding part of that part of the vagina 
uh, hair and all that. It, it's really very graphic. And I looked at who posted this, and it is a, what do you call it? Um, oh, my goodness. It's a, a, a it's, it's a Facebook post, and it's from, it looks like a group called Alpha Male. And for those of you who don't know what Alpha Male means, it says it's the most dominant, powerful, or assertive man in a particular group. And it went right with, you know, the topic that I had. And the topic that I had was, what's wrong with them? Why do men, you know, we talked the other day about women ghosting men. And I, I came across this. What are some of the things that men do or some traits about men that women can't really, they hate, they really hate. And for you to be in this alpha male group and for you to post this, someone gave this at a bridal shower, a baby shower, I'm sorry. This this was sick. This was quite sick. So I wanted to just go, you know, in our normal round and just discuss some of the things that women have said why men make them sick. And one of the first things they said is men make them sick, especially the ones who think they know everything. And I'm going to start with you, Shanties. We can't really hear her. I'm sorry. Hold on, Shantice. You're not on. You're not on. No. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, now you're on. Okay, I'm sorry, everyone. I said, it makes me sick because they know nothing. And the more they try to talk to convince themselves and someone else that they do know something, the more it shows that they know nothing. Instead of just being quiet and learning whatever it is that they need to learn, they just keep talking and they don't understand how much of a turnoff it is because you just reveal everything that you don't know. Mm, Vivian, they say they can't men that think they know everything. Yes, turn off is a word that was in my mind. It is a real turn off when you have to sit there and pretend that you know everything, especially when, like, we're not actually expecting you to, to, to answer. We're not actually expecting you to know. And it's okay that you don't. But for some reason, you feel as though you have to pretend that you have the answers to everything, that you know everything. And it is a big turnoff. It is a big turnoff, especially when it comes out that you were wrong. <laughs> now everything you, you say is questionable. So it's all right. It's okay. We're all learning together. Like, it's okay. You don't have to know everything. <laughs> all right. How about this one? Men who never apologize. Ooh, Vivian, 
Yes, and that's a real, uh, it, it definitely grinds my gears. If you are obviously wrong and you can't apologize, that, 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 it's just, it's, 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 it's gonna make the, the relationship, whatever type of relationship you have with this man, it's gonna make it difficult. Whatever it is, it could be your father, it could be your brother, it could be your spouse. It makes any relationship very difficult when you do something wrong and you cannot apologize. Mm. All right, Shantice, what you got? Well, I already be feeling some type of way because God be expecting me to apologize. But now I got to be all understanding because you slow and you don't know how to apologize. Or you, or you don't want to apologize. And I don't respect anybody like that. And I know that it's wrong. So it's part of my confession, everyone. I know that it's wrong, but it's really hard to respect someone. And they know they're wrong. It's not like you're, we're talking about someone who is really oblivious to what they have said and or done. And they really don't know they've offended you. They really don't know they've hurt you. They know, because especially majority of women are going to let the men know, you hurt me or that bothered me or I didn't like when you said or when you did such and such a thing. But instead of you, oh, what I hate more than not saying I'm sorry is you now trying to do things to substitute saying I'm sorry. You could keep your gifts. You can keep your flowers. You can keep whatever money. You can keep no. I don't want it because, again, it shows me that your integrity sucks. It shows you have no humility, and it shows, like Vivian said, whatever type of relationship this was, friendship, family, possible relationship, whatever, it is going absolutely nowhere because you can't even admit that you were wrong and acknowledge how you made me feel. So it, whoever can't say I'm sorry, they're disgusting. Wow, sounds like that made you upset, Shanties. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> oh goodness gracious! All right, here's another one: men who don't actually listen to you. Oh, Shanties! <laughs> you can always tell when a man is not listening because you don't get mm-hmm. a response, or you get the same type of response, and then. You you could say, I don't like this, and then they'll offer it to you. And then didn't you just hear me say, I don't like this, but you ain't been listening. You know, so it, it's just like always a way that it ends up being, the opportunity presents itself to expose whether they've really been attentive to the things that you say. And, again, I take personal offense to that because I make sure I explain a lot to people so that they don't end up walking into something that I don't like. So for you to now ignore that and do it anyway or say it anyway, yeah, that that's annoying. Mm-hmm. All right, Vivian. Men who don't actually listen to you, how does that make you feel? Very annoyed, very angry. Especially what came to my mind is when something goes on and I tell you what, why I'm upset or why I feel the way I feel, and you still sitting there like, well, I don't know why you're acting like this. 
I just told you. I can you exactly why I feel the way that I do. And you're still looking here dumbfounded. Like that, like you're not listening. You're not listening. That really, again, another difficult situation, another difficult relationship. Regardless of who the male is, you're, if you can't listen, honestly listen, truly listen, it makes things very difficult. Mm. All right. Here is a huge one. And I don't have to ask you ladies to elaborate. What's on this list? Men who constantly test your boundaries. Ooh. Vivian. Nah, that's really, that's disturbing to me. That's really like, it, it makes me really look at you side-eyed because I've been through some things in life. And if I clearly tell you that this is a boundary, and you cross it consistently and intentionally, I'm now looking at you really side-eyed, like, nah, I'm not comfortable with that at all. Like, I'm sharing this boundary with you for a reason. I need you to respect this boundary, regardless of what it is, how you feel about it, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you this is a boundary. And if you cared, regardless of what the relationship is, again, if you cared enough about me, you would respect that boundary. And when people don't, I feel very violated. Very violated. Mm. Wow, Shanti's men who constantly test your boundaries. Oh, my goodness. Again, it just shows me how slow you are. And inconsiderate and greedy and selfish. You know, and... Again, you don't understand how much of a turnoff it is because, again, mm-hmm. if this is a boundary, then obviously I've explained to you that this is not going to happen. And you keep asking or you keep trying, and it's like what you hope that well, you're going to weigh me down. First of all, if I'm bold enough to put this boundary up, bro, I'm not that into you, okay? Just understand that as women, women who are into other men, it doesn't mean that they will not uphold their standards and their morals. They won't have boundaries, but it's a lot more difficult for them to do that with men they're actually into. If it's a no-brainer for me to keep shooting you, <laughs> you keep shooting your shot and I keep shutting you down, I'm not into you. Give up. And it is more and more. Now everybody need prayer because now you already need a prayer. Now I'm going to need prayer after I cuss you out. So how about we just help each other? You respect the boundaries, and I stay the way I need to stay. So stop. See, all of that is because you're trying to wear me down. You're trying to weaken, and you're hoping that, okay, if I act the 919th time, or if I try the 919th time, then this time is going to be different. It's not. Just respect it. And, again, men are stupid because, see, a lot of times you respecting the boundaries is what turns a woman on. So if you really want the woman then you'll, respect, you'll pay attention to what she's saying and respect it, and you never know which door is going to open and when. Wow. You ladies sound pretty passionate about this thing. <laughs> Wait, can, hey, I, can I, can I uh, kind of piggyback on what Santa Shanti said? If I'm sure. not into you, I, 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 I don't have any problems shutting you down, but if I'm into you, I'll probably let you get away with, 
you know, X, Y, and Z a little bit more because I'm into you. No less though, at least for me, it's the opposite. If I'm into you, then I'm trusting you enough to be able to share this boundary with you. If I don't like you, I'm, I'm not even going to bother to share because I'm, I'm probably ghosting you at the end of this anyway. But if I, if I care about you, if I'm into you, I'm trusting you enough to share this boundary with you. And for you to violate that boundary just proves to me that I mm-hmm. can't trust you. Makes sense, ladies. Makes sense. Everybody's on the different end of the spectrum, but it all makes sense. It's what is comfortable for you. Mm. Let's see what else they're saying. Ooh, I think. Ah, men who lie but claim they're honest. Shanties. If you gotta say you honest, you lying. Honest people don't have to convince you that they honest. That's like a that's like someone says I'm humble. No, you're not. You don't have to waste time saying you're humble. That's like me walking around saying I'm not a thief. Well, if I don't steal, I don't have to walk around declaring that. You know, so already you didn't just expose that you're a liar. You know, but it again because a lot of this has to do with you convincing yourself. So you figure if you convince yourself out loud, you might believe it, even though you don't. But if you convince, you say it out loud to other people, then maybe they'll believe it. Just be quiet, pay attention, respect the boundaries, and you won't have no no reason to lie. Mm-mm, that sounds pretty simple. Vivian, men who lie but claim that they're honest. <laughs> Now you're playing with my intelligence. Like, that, like that's just ridiculous. And you like Chelsea said, usually if you're sitting there saying you're not lying, you're, you're lying. Whatever you're saying is a lie. If you have to say I'm not lying, then you're lying. And it's, it's, it's obvious. And nine times out of ten, we already know the answer. We already know the truth. So you're setting yourself up. Tell about you ain't lying. Yep. So stop, sir. Please stop. Mm. All right. What else is on this list from these ladies? Men who degrade you or women in general. Vivian. Yeah, you got a real complex. I don't know what the issue is, if you got mama issues or whatever it is, but if you have to put a, a woman down in order to make yourself feel better, then you need some real serious help, especially if that person is, you know, if you hold some type of relationship with that person. For you to be okay with making this woman feel inferior, feel ugly, feel whatever, for you to be okay with that and for that to make you feel better, that's sickening, and you really need to seek help. Shanties, men who degrade you or women in general. Yeah, you have nothing else to do but to sit and bash. So why you? So again, what do you think is gonna come out of you bashing women? Do you realize I'm a woman? You know, or if you're just directing this towards me, how long do you think I'm gonna sit here and just listen to this? And a lot of times, again, it's like a bully. So now you're trying to bully me, 
because you're a punk and somewhere in your life you're getting bullied. And you may not know how I'm going to take it yet. You may not know if I'm going to lash back or if I'm going to just sit there and internalize it. You may not know that, but you're going to try it. You're going to try it because now you're a bully until you get your feelings hurt. And then it's like, oh, okay. But you really, really, really have to understand and be mindful. A lot of men are not mindful. of They put their foot in their mouth so often. If you would just think before you speak, you would not be degrading anybody, especially the person you claim you want to be around. Let me ask you something, ladies. We have had women say, you know, yeah, men, you know, call us bees, but that don't bother me. What do you think about that, Vivian? It bothers me. It bothers me. I don't, like, I, I don't quite understand it because if a female, I guess depending on how the female says it, it doesn't bother me. But to me, anyway, a man says it, it's just like, Excuse you, like no, don't don't use that vocabulary towards any any female. So I, I I get it, I get it. It's very demeaning. It doesn't matter how a man says it. You know, we could say it in a in a we women can say it in a way where it's like more friendly, but men can't get away with that. So I agree. So what do you think about the women who say? that it doesn't bother them to hear men call them the B-word or call women, refer to women as the B-word. What do you think about the women who say that? I think they need to find some self-esteem, some self-confidence, some self-love, because it shouldn't be okay for somebody to call you that and you be okay with it. Okay, okay. Shantiz, what's your thought? You know, you hear some women say, that don't bother me, you know. I know I'm not, you know, I know I'm not that, and that's where it ends. What do you think? Well, a lot of times when women say that the man hasn't called them or be directly yet, you know, so sometimes it's like, oh, I heard him say it in general or, you know, out loud or to someone else, but he ain't talking to me, so I don't care, until he's talking to you. And that's something that I can't, mm -mm, it it doesn't, it doesn't, that is not a term of endearment for a man to say to a woman. There is no nice way for you to use that word for a woman. You know, because it, it, it comes out a lot of the times because you don't get what you want from the woman. That's the only time I've ever heard a man call a woman that. It's because now you're a brat, you're a crybaby, and that's your way of lashing out. You can hit her or you won't hit her physically, so you figure hit her by calling her names, and then that name comes out. So there's there's no nice way to say it, and, you know, whether, because it has been said to me many a time, whether I've been called that directly or whether I hear a man say it to another woman, it it doesn't sit right with me at all because I understand where it's coming from. I mean, I've heard men okay. say it, and what they would think is a term of endearment, like, oh, that's my B. But there are other mm-hmm. words that you can use to refer to me. I'm your girl. I'm your wife. I'm your lady. I'm not your B-word. Like, no. Excuse you? No. 
Mm, okay, now that's that's a new one. I hadn't heard that one yet. Uh, Vivian, I know you got to get ready to sign off, so I want to give you this one before you go. Women say they cannot stand men who will never grow up. <laughs> I'm not in the business of raising raising nobody's child in that manner. Like I work with kids all day. I'm not trying to come home to a grown ass child. No, like come on, you gotta grow up, sir. I work with kids eight hours a day, five days a week. I'm not trying to come home on my time off and be spending no time with nobody's growing ass child. You got to grow up, sir. Vivian, your terminology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, she didn't just say it once. She said it twice. <laughs> passionate about that thing oh well thank you so much Vivian for joining us today and contributing to our conversation we thank you and we pray we pray you have a blessed day thank you you as well have a good day ladies thank you thank you oh all right Shanties it's on you women say that they just cannot stand a man who will never grow up Yes, again, you brat. I called someone a brat the other day, and they got offended. And I said, well, I'm offended that I got to call you a brat, because that means I've been sitting here listening to the buffoonery. You know, no no level-headed woman who is who either has her thing together already or is in the process of really, you know, moving up in her life wants to deal with someone who is content with being a baby. Who do you think wants to deal with that? It's to the point where now women are not okay just sleeping with you. Like, okay, we just sex partners. Like, that's whack now because now you, you got to consider what happens right after sex. It's, it's, it's different when you're dealing with a man after you have sex versus dealing with a baby after you have sex. Nobody, nobody has time for that. So yeah, it, it is a huge turnoff. But any woman who's willing to deal with that, just understand that she ain't got that much going for herself. You know, now that you entered that particular zone, it crosses my mind. Women at you know who meet men who are not at a mature level. They don't have a job. They have nothing going for them. They are bringing nothing to the table from the beginning. We're not talking about the 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 the, uh, the the man who has when you meet him and then he falls on hard times. You know, you talk about Vivian says she's not trying to raise a man, and you know you're saying you know long gone the days even of just you know okay we can sex and then we just walk off because the residual behavior is just annoying they you say you know you up to that but at the end of the day he ends up not being up to that so how do women even what is your thought on women who even get involved with men who literally when they come to the table they have nothing they don't have a job 
They don't have any level of income. They they just they don't have their own place. You know, and I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just, you know, my thing is women have come far in this in this walk of life. And, you know, it's been happening since, you know, let's say, you know, the Gen Ys, you know, the, the baby boomers, you know, a lot of them leaned on the man, you know, um, and I'm not saying everyone, so please do not text me. I'm not saying everyone, but it was a transition between the Gen Ys and the baby boomers. The baby boomers were the ones who really just started becoming power women, you know, and they were getting, um, you know, their accolades in the workforce, and they were, you know, really beginning to make and, and, and keep their own money, running their own homes and you know, stuff like that. And when I say home, I'm meaning with them and the children. And like I said, I'm not saying no one before Gen Ys did it, but it really became a thing, you know. And now you've got the millennials who are really powerhouses, and, you know, you're seeing uh, more principals, um, school principals are women. You're seeing, you know, in, in the workforce, more women are running the show. You know, how do you now, you've made your way, you've got your own, how do you click up with a man who has nothing but put, but, but what, she, what he may tell you is potential? What do you think about that, Shanti's? Well, first of all, you can't tell me you have potential because, again, if you really have potential, you don't have time to tell me that you have potential because you're too busy out there getting whatever you need to be getting, whether it's your money, your career, your education, whatever it is. I think that women who are okay with getting men who have nothing, they're either A, not about nothing themselves, or B, they're the type that like the accolades of building someone up and, you know, molding them into something so now they can say, this is what I did. I got this man here. I got this. And either way, who has time for either one? Because as you were talking, Pastor stuff, I was just thinking about being unequally yoked. And it is a whole job talking to a man who don't like Jesus, let alone a man who don't like work, who don't like cleanliness, who don't like a diploma, who don't like a GED, like it is too much for um to get a man to pray, to get a man to sit in on a prayer. Like I ain't even ask you to pray. I just ask you to sit here and listen to the prayer. You don't even want to do that. Let alone a man who I've I have I've oh my goodness, I've witnessed men fight and battle because you're telling them as a woman, you're telling, not just me, I wasn't the only woman saying this. I've watched other women battle with other men also, but telling them things that because you've taken the time to sit back and look at their life, you see where and how they went wrong and what steps they could take to better themselves that wouldn't take years. Like it could be something almost immediate, but there's so much backlash. It's like, who wants to deal with that? Who has time to come home and there's no way I'm going to work? Because, see, when you're dealing with someone who, who does, oh, yes. Mm. Let me tell you something, ladies. I've witnessed, I've been witnessing, I've been witnessing. Be very careful about dealing with someone who doesn't have 
because it is nothing for them to help you not have. There is no way a man is going to want to stay with a woman who is goal-oriented, who hustles, who thrives, and he's not going to try to bring her down, whether it's subconsciously or whether this is an actual plan. Because now he's mad that she's never available. He's mad that she has more than him. He's mad because other people are admiring her. He's mad, he's mad, he's mad, he's mad. So now I'm going to do what I need to do to not help to bring you down. Again, it's not always something that they're aware of. But now you, you keep texting me what you're doing. Work. Something you need to be doing. Where are you? At work. Somewhere you need to be. You know, but you, you can't know. It's very difficult to deal with someone like that unless birds of a feather flock together. I, I really don't understand how women, and now, how do you think your mood is going to be? You know, you're out working all the time, and now you know you got a man who ain't about nothing. Who, who, you can't talk to your girlfriends about your man, because if they're your real friends, they're going to make you feel bad about dealing with them. So you can't talk to them. You can't talk to your, your family because if they're your real family, they're going to make you feel crazy for dealing with them. So now you're internalizing, holding all this, and now you're moody, you're mad. Well, you should be enjoying the fruits of your labor. No. Leave him where he is. Wow. So he's ready to read. Wow. <laughs> you can always tell when the ladies here are passionate. Um, you said a lot, of, uh, a lot of important things, and you said a lot of true things, you know, um, you know, ladies, we really have to be very careful about who we uh, link up with because, you know, it, think about it. You come from nothing. All of us come from nothing. And when I say that, I don't mean dirt. I mean, we all come from not having, you know, and you've had to build that. You've had to build what you have. And God has allowed you to build what you have. And, you know, when I say come from nothing, meaning you had to have your first job. You had to get your first paycheck. If you have your own apartment, you had to get your first apartment. You had to, you know, go shopping your first time. You know, your credit, your first credit card. That's what I mean when I say everyone starts from nothing. We all start from a blank slate. And it's something about women who are goal-oriented for whatever the reason is, you know, whether your family, you know, you don't come from a family that's goal-oriented, so, like, you're now on the other end of the spectrum, like, I'm going to make sure I have, my kids have, blah, blah, blah. Or if you come from a family who you've watched everyone who are go-getters. And then when you take up a man who who has nothing, and my thing is, who's okay with having nothing? And I need you to let that sink in for a minute. He's okay with having nothing. And someone who's okay with having nothing is not someone who is out looking for a job all the time. I'm talking about the near-do-well who looks for a job every once in a while. I'm talking about someone who can't keep a job. I'm talking about someone who isn't respectful. that's, That's who I'm talking about. You have climbed your way. Out of all of this, we're not saying that the woman is perfect, but again, you started off from scratch. You started with nothing. 
And now I'm actually going to partner myself or couple myself with a man who has no goals, a man who has no get up and go, a man who wants to play video games all day. I mean, if you've listened to Is Due Time over the years, even the men on Fridays have spoken about this. It's like you you owe God more than this. You owe yourself more than this. If you have children, you owe them more than that because they're watching. Oh, they're watching. And you want to definitely set an example as to who, you know, if you have girls, who, it, you know, what kind of man do they want to bring in their company? You know, um, if it's a, a boy, you want to make sure that he understands what kind of man he needs to be and what kind of woman he wants to go out here and get and claim to be his. So, you know, it, it's a lot to be said for, you know, these things that these women have spoken about. And, you know, we're going to take this, this time right now to go before the Lord. You know, most people say that, you know, the men... Men are upset at the way women look at them, but yet women can come back with, what are you doing? What, what, what have you left in, in, in the wake of your life, you know? So let's take this moment and uh, go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we give you thanks just because you're here to listen to us this morning. We're thanking you, God, for just waking us up today and just including us in this day and making that investment into our lives one more time. God, I don't know how many people will ultimately hear this broadcast, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, going forward. I don't know how many people are going to need to hear what's been said today. I don't know how many people will learn from what's being said today, God. I don't know how many people will be receptive to what we're saying today, God, but you've given us this conversation and this topic to bring awareness to the standards that we are to look for as women. And Lord, we're lifting up the men to you today, God. There's been a lot of areas where they have fallen short. And we know, God, that as long as you are the one who controls this world, as long as you leave us here on earth each and every day, your desire is that we raise to the occasion. We rise to where you have set the bar for us to be. And although every man will not be at the same level, God, we know that it is not your plan for men to grovel. We know it's not your plan that men don't reach and strive for anything. It is not your plan that men give up. It is not your plan that men are incarcerated. It is not your plan that men are alcoholics or drug abusers, God. It is not your plan that they go the illegal route in life. We know that it is not your plan for anyone to live a life that is not becoming of 
a man of God. And we thank you, God, for showing this to us today. Not the first time, but we thank you for this conversation coming up again, this topic coming up again, God, because we're trusting that the women will now press their way to ensure that they don't accept anything less than what you want for them. That it's not okay to coddle a man who really has no goals and aspirations. It is not good and your desire for us to take care of a man and not allow or help him to get up on his own feet. We have a job to be a helpmate, but we are not the mothers. We do not inherit that responsibility. And we're grateful to you, God, today for just opening up our eyes for those who who just never thought about it in a certain way. We pray to Heavenly Father that every word would be received, every word would be listened to, every word would be adhered to. Many, many years ago you said to me that lives will be healed by this broadcast but we must be consistent and we must do as we're told. So, Lord, over these years I have heard and I have spoken your words of guidance. I've spoken your words of um, perfection. I've spoken your words of encouragement for us to just step up, just step up. Make that determination to be better. And I thank you. I thank you for using us here today to give words that some people wouldn't get because they're not even in that environment. So we pray to Heavenly Father again that the words would be received. We pray that there would be some adherence and some awakening this morning or whenever the listener hears this broadcast, God, and we pray that you keep us strong. We pray that you keep us strengthened and encouraged and give us the courage to stand up and be able to say where we've fallen short. But by your grace, your mercy, we've learned and we've learned to reach out to you from whence cometh thy help. And you will never fail us. There is nothing about you that says failure. So we thank you. We thank you for helping us to get on our feet. We couldn't do it if it weren't for you. Thank you, God, for the self-esteem that we feel now that we may not have felt yesterday. We may not have seen ourselves yesterday as we see ourselves today or see ourselves yesterday as we do see ourselves today. Either way, God, we thank you. We thank you for helping us to grow. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for helping to just push us and drag us when we didn't even want to go any further, God. Thank you, Father. Just a word of thanks today for just getting us where we are, for we would be nothing without you. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Shantice, for joining us today. 
your contribution into today's conversation. We pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. You know, sometimes I just got finished saying to someone, a couple of people last week, that, you know, when God gives you something to say, you know, you you definitely stay before God and you ask God for your delivery and how it is that you say what you need to say and that you do it exactly the way God wants you to do it because you don't want to ever get an assignment from God and you just take off and do it the way you want to do it because it will be an epic fail. Um, and it's, 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 this conversation is one that somebody needed to hear today. Something that's some, cause I got this at like 3.30 this morning. And as I look over, you know, I didn't comment when the ladies were commenting, but when I look over, you know, this list of the things that, the traits that women say they hate, they despise. Men who know everything. You know, some men, they need to poke their chest out, you know, because they come from maybe a mother who was belittling. Um, um, Maybe they watch their father being belittled, and they don't want to accept that they don't know something that they feel they should know. Or maybe you feel as a woman they should know and they don't want to take that back seat and look less than and it's a man who says you know I don't know because the Bible tells us you have not because you ask not if you need just go to God and that's one of the reasons why it is so crucial that you seek the Lord because when you go into the word of God and you see that there's an answer for everything. You don't have to walk around poking your chest out because you, you know, don't know something or you feel bad because you don't know something. So, you know what? Hang out with God. And there's nothing that he would want you to know that you won't know. Ooh, what about that one? I look at the one that says, a man who never apologizes. Let me tell you something. The only way we're going to make it into the kingdom is to confess and repent. And when you can't do that to the people standing in front of you, you are not going to be able to do that to the peop- to God. You know, I've heard men say, you know, I'm I don't I, I'm not sorry. Because when you say I'm sorry, that means that you're sorry. You're a sorry person. And I'm like, where do you get this mentality from? You know, but again, they go with what the streets tell them. They're not going with what anybody logical or the word of God is telling them. They're going with what the streets are telling them. And again, you know, someone who understands the way and the will of God will understand that you have to say, I'm sorry. What about the forgiveness factor? You know, come on. You've got to position yourself to even be forgiven. And that that doesn't mean that we can't forgive without the apology. But you need to learn how to get this done. And, again, if you're, not, if you're going with the street code, you're not following what the Word of God says. So you're going to be a man who never 
wants to apologize. Men who don't actually listen to you. You know, I can't tell you how many men have said, if not for the wisdom that God has given their partner, their wife, then there would be nothing because they don't know everything. And sometimes that information has to come from the person that's closest to you in order for you to grow, in order for you to know which way to go, in order for you to do the will of God. You're not going to know everything. But God is going to send that special woman. He's going to send someone who has learned you very well, who's who's watched you, who understands you. And whatever she doesn't have, God will give her for you. Mm. Go back and listen to some of our earlier broadcasts, and uh, you'll see. But I've had men say that to me quite often. Don't be the unwise man who feels like you don't have to listen. Men who constantly test your boundaries. Disrespectful. First thing that comes to my mind is straight disrespectful. If I say that this is what I will do and this is what I won't do, respect it. You don't have to understand necessarily. It would be good if you took the time to understand, but you don't have to understand. Respect it. Because I promise you one thing, in, in, in everything that Vivian and Shanti said, I promise you men one thing. You will soon learn why the boundary exists. You may not understand it when she says no or when she says I'm only going to go this far. But you're going to begin, if you stick around and you are observant, you're going to understand who she is and why she lives by these boundaries. Because guess what? We all have to have them. So whether you're boundless or boundaryless, <laughs> whatever it is that you don't go through or you don't, you know, keep that, keep yourself within a, a, a box, hopefully God has partnered you up with someone who's learned how to do so. So you don't want to push, you don't want to ask her to push the boundaries because that's not going to benefit you at all. And I mean at all. Men who lie but claim they're honest, and I agree 100% with the ladies, you know, you don't have to ever tell a woman you're honest when you're honest. There's no reason to even have to go that route because she's already going to pick up the fact that you are honest. You don't have to lie. Lying only makes you have to lie even more and more and more and more. You don't want to start off lying because that will take you down a whole trail of nothing but lies. And what respect will you get from her when you can't do anything else but lie? You don't want to be known for as uh, known to be a liar. That's not what you want to be known for. You want her to already pick up the fact that she trusts you. She trusts whatever it is you say, and, not, and I don't mean gullible. That's not what I'm talking about. But I mean she trusts you because you've been a man of your word, and your integrity speaks for itself. Pay attention. Hmm. Men who degrade you or women in general. Again, it's a lack of respect. You know, we're here to glorify God. And the one thing I've I've learned 
over the years is the fact that, you know what, I'm here for God's glory. I'm not here for you. I'm not here for your nonsense. I'm not here to be your punching bag. I'm not here to be your your your, your sounding board. I'm not here for you to abuse me in any shape, form, or fashion. I am here for the glory of God. And if I'm giving you my absolute best, what God has given me to give to you, then I have nothing else that I want or need from you than for you to be as respectful to me as I am to you. And you want to make sure, ladies, that you don't sit under someone who degrades you or other women. You know, I've, I've heard other men, I've heard men talk bad about like a past girlfriend. And I'm saying to myself, if you talk about her like that, then what does that mean for me? If you look at her like that, then what does that mean for me? And I'm going to let you know it's not okay. I don't care what kind of woman she was or is. It's not okay for you to talk about her like that in front of me or to me. And I'm going to help you understand something, ladies. When you have that boundary, then he will learn to have that boundary for you as well. Because you're not going to let him call her a bee in your presence. You're not going to let him call her stupid in your presence. I don't care who she is. I don't care what she does or what she hasn't done. You make sure he always, either if you don't speak about her, if you decide to speak about it and I'm willing to listen, then you're going to make sure you speak respectful. So maybe what you need to do is to stop him from even talking about her to you because that's the way he feels and he wants to be able to share this with you. Well, no, you draw the line. You put that boundary up. I'm not going to let you... Speak about another woman like that in my presence because it's disrespectful. And regardless of what you you stuck you stuck you hung in there for whatever the reason is you stuck in there. And we're not gonna we're not gonna berate anybody in front of me, no, because it might be you afterwards. Men who will never grow up. Well, they always say that women mature faster than men, <laughs> and boy, have we seen that. And it's real. What I have come to realize, you know, before this list and now after reading this list is we really need to pray for our men. And I've always said to you, I don't care who that man is to you, pray for the man. And I promise you that as you pray for that man and if he positions himself to be elevated by God, to be matured by God, then he will be that good father, that good husband, that good brother, that good boss. Whoever it is, he'll be the best because that's who God would want him to be. And whatever traits God gives him, whatever components and characteristics he picks up as a Christian man, he will be the best father. And any other relationship he has, he will be the best. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew, Vivian and Shantice, for you know, they always, no matter what two I'm left with, they always bring it home. Thank you for hanging out with us today.
Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.